the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Radio That Doesn't Suck and Listen Up Talk Radio. Chuck, you're back in the studio looking a little summery. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the first uh, day we've got actually sun and no rain. So, you know, I thought I'd celebrate the cause a little bit. And, you know, I was feeling a little odd today because, you know, I've got a pinched nerve in my back. And, uh, you know, while I'm coming into the studio, you have to think yourself, you're a professional. You have to do these things and suck it up. And, you know, the inside of you that says to yourself, you know, look for gratitude. And, uh, you know, my guest today um, really ties into this message. So I'll give you a, a little scenario. About 15 years ago, I was flying from LAX. We were going to Vegas and uh, we chose Southwest Airlines as our as our carrier. And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. We chose it because it was 99 bucks. It was a cheap flight. <laughs> okay. But the thing about it, when I got on the flight, it was a great customer service experience. And, and I remember that because the uh, flight attendants were funny. They were stand-up comedians, in fact. They yeah. were amazing. They were engaged. They were friendly. And at the end of that flight to Vegas, which was like a 50-minute flight, they got up in the front and said, listen, and I remember this, they said, we really want to thank you for choosing Southwest, Air- Southwest Airlines. We know that you have a choice of where you could have flown with or what carrier you could have gone mm-hmm. with, yeah. but we really appreciate your business in, in choosing Southwest Airlines. Now, from that moment onwards, I was like, you know, really validated as a consumer. And I thought to myself, you know what, even if Southwest was more or less, I'd still pay more for that customer service experience. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really got present to the fact that whenever you're in the store uh, and you're buying something or you're purchasing something, you have a say in where you put your money. And, you know, in Canada, we have a tax dwindled dollar. And, uh, you know, we were in the store the other day, my girlfriend and I, and she's shopping around and she likes ice cream. And I don't really like ice cream. I'm not really a sweets guy. I'm more of a salty snack guy. And she said to me, uh, which ice cream do you want? And normally my response would be like, whatever, they're all the same. Yeah, choose the cheapest. You know, like, I'm just going to piss it out anyway. Um, And you know what? And I caught my eye and I saw Chapman's ice cream on on the shelf. I said, you know what? Grab Chapman's and, and we'll always grab Chapman's from now on because there's a great story to be had on that one. I'll tell you that about that. And, she, and you know, she's not my girlfriend's not from Canada, so she didn't know about the story. So uh, I'm actually going to introduce that story today with my guest, uh, Ashley Chapman from Chapman's Ice Cream. Ashley, you there? Yes, I'm here. Well, thank you for taking the time out to join us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So for you who uh, who don't eat ice cream, my my listeners who live under a rock and don't know who Chapman's Ice Cream is, they're Canada's largest independent ice cream company. Um, they've been around, I think this is their 40th year of operations. Is that right, Ashley? 40 years. You guys are celebrating 40 years. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe. <laughs> that's my that's my entire lifespan. That's a lot of ice cream, isn't it? <laughs> you think about say it? So. That's one big bowl. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to share a story about your dad. Uh, I used to own a recruiting firm, and uh, about 10 years ago, at least 10 years ago, um, 
I called your dad uh, looking for business to see if I could help them out recruiting. And uh, he gave me a position and I didn't end up filling it. But the one thing that I was left was left with was, uh, again, a great customer service experience. And when I, when I spoke to David Chapman, he was frank, he was upfront, he was friendly, and he always remembered my name. I would call back, you know, time after time after time, and he always, you know, welcomed me, he was friendly with me, and I really appreciated that. And someone always said to me, it's like, you could tell a lie to somebody sometime, but somebody somewhere along the lines is going to remember that you told them a lie. Conversely, you'll always remember when someone was really nice to you. And so that was just left with me. And then I got out of recruiting and obviously went on to bigger and better things that I liked. But uh, that was the experience I was left with with Chapman's Ice Cream, which made me choose Chapman's Ice Cream in the grocery store. So, Ashley, your dad just actually drove behavior just by being who he was. Oh, excellent. Well, it's good you uh, got a hold of him 15 years ago. He's a little grumpier these days. But... <laughs> who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> So share with me your story about Chapman's Ice Cream and where you guys came from, your grassroots, and uh, and where you are now. Well, it's a, kind of a funny story that goes back, uh, you know, as, as we said, 40 years. Um, my father was originally British and uh, uh, decided he was going to tour the world and ended up stopping in Canada. Uh, desperate for a job, he got an uh, uh, assistant manager position in this little, little grocery store, more of a convenience store back in those days, and uh, who happened to work behind the till but uh, my mother, who was 17 at the time, and uh, lo and behold, bing, bang, boom, there you go, they're married. So they uh, started working for a dairy in uh, Toronto called, uh, I think it was St. Clair Dairy, um, and uh, my dad tells the story of uh, how... Chapman's came into being with the story of coming back after a, a long day and going into his boss's office to uh, drop off some paperwork. And uh, there happened to be an older gentleman in his late 60s, early 70s there. And my uh, dad walks in at the point where this guy says, well, who the hell am I going to find stupid enough to buy, uh, buy this creamery off of me? <laughs> so my father politely in interjected and said, excuse me, sir, I, I believe I am stupid enough. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this, this older gentleman had uh, no family to uh, take over the creamery in Markdale, Ontario, so... Uh, he sold it to uh, my mother and father for a song, and uh, the they moved history. up to the country to start, start making ice cream. Now, 40 years ago, obviously, they started off <clears throat> considerably smaller. Um, what did they start off with back then versus what you guys have today? Oh, heavens, uh, the, the, the factory at that point, the, the, the creamery was maybe 10,000 square feet. Uh, it had one continuous freezer. Uh, that was uh, uh, 20, 25 years old. Uh, they had a small mix-making department uh, that was seriously aged and uh, not a lot of equipment. But uh, they somehow made it work. At the beginning, uh, they would both, uh, my mother and father, make the ice cream. Then uh, throughout the day, my mom would run upstairs and check the answering machine for orders. And Dad would uh, load up the truck and head out and sell it to anybody who was interested. So compared to, to that, uh, now, including our warehousing, uh, we have just over 500,000 square feet wow. of uh, either warehouse or production space. And uh, yeah, we are the largest ice cream maker in Canada. So marginally a little, a little bigger now. 
I, just a touch. <laughs> I noticed the difference. I drove by there, I think, last summer versus a few years ago. It's a little bigger, but we'll probably get into that at, at some point in time during the story. Yeah, and you know what? The story to me really comes down to, you know, the, the, the business is chugging along as businesses do and as our lives go. And then uh, we hit a brick wall. And, yeah. you know, when you hit a brick wall, it feels like you got hit in the face with a shovel. And, you know, September the 4th, 2009, you guys hit that brick wall. Absolutely, we did. So what happened? Well, uh, we had just um, uh, received some equipment from uh, Denmark uh, for a new expansion uh, that we're going to build on the, uh, uh, what would it be, the northwest uh, side of the building. And uh, work had just started uh, the morning of the 4th. Uh, one of our contractors who's, you know, pretty much built uh, almost everything for the last 25 years for us. And uh, he was welding on, I don't know how you, you, you call it, it's uh, a metal anchor of, of sorts onto the outside uh, I-beam in order to put another I-beam, attach it to it, and then build our, our, our extension. So as he was uh, welding, a spark fell down into the hole, and uh, just as luck would have it, the, the airflow at that time was pulling the air inside of the factory. So he didn't see smoke, he didn't see anything. Uh, by the time he realized that there was an issue, he um, did what uh, they're supposed to do when you're welding. They have a fire extinguisher and a bucket of water, and so he tossed all that stuff in, and uh, uh, it kept on smoldering. So at this time, I was actually in, uh, in a uh, meeting, a management meeting, and uh, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning, and I had left to help my dad. He needed to take his car into the mechanic. And I walked out of the building and looked down. Oh, crap, I see smoke coming from down there. So sure enough, I ran down around the building, and there's about four or five people standing out there, and they had called the fire department, but... Uh, we have a, a volunteer fire department, so it's about 20 minutes for their response. And, uh, yeah, we just watched it uh, spread along the one wall. And uh, this was all the newer additions, uh, insulated panels with pretty decent fire ratings and things like that. And then it just stretched just far enough that it got into our old freezer section, which was made in the 80s. And, of course, it was made out of wood. And so at this point, it was uh, it was bone dry. And as soon as the, the fire got into that section, bang, Oof. Yeah. it just, uh, the, the entire place went up. So what's there for you as, um, you know, as an owner watching, you know, your parents' hard work literally go up in front of your eyes and smoke? Well, it was uh, pretty traumatic, to say the least. Um, considering our history with the company, um, and uh, my my sister, uh, I have an older sister. She's about four years older than me. Uh, the first four years of her life, she lived above the ice cream factory, and then I was born. And the first year of my life, I, I lived above the ice cream factory with my family. So it kind of had this dual uh, significance to us that uh, it was very much uh, a family dwelling as well as the business and, and everything. So it was uh, it wasn't an easy day, especially because around one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, they they pulled in uh, the sister fire departments from all around the area. I think at one time we had uh, all the uh, uh, firefighters and uh, and equipment from three different municipalities fighting fighting the uh, blaze. And uh, in the early afternoon, they almost got it under control. 
and, then? and uh, the the flames were starting to subside, and uh, then we ran out of water. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and uh, suffice to say, the the water tower in Markdale here was built quite some time ago, and it was built at that time uh, out of spec and out of standard, and it wasn't big enough. And uh, regardless of uh, any uh, input from uh, the fire chief as well as other people about how we really didn't have enough water in Markdale, it, it just kind of coasted under the radar as something that wasn't important. So if anything could have gone wrong all along the way, it happened in sequential order for you guys? Oh, yes, most definitely. Uh, luck- luckily, well, I, I'm going to say luckily, though it didn't really matter at the end of, uh, end of the day. Um, there's a, a, the, the Rocky Saugeen, which is uh, right close to where the factory is. And so the, the fire trucks uh, set up this whole jerry line of, of, of pumps from, this, uh, from essentially the small stream in order to supply water to the, uh, to the fire trucks. And, uh, but at that point, uh, it, was, it was game over. There was no, uh, no stopping it because it got into the uh, mix-making department. So we had, uh, you know, tanks full of uh, liquid sugar and chocolate. Just, and, uh, just feed it. Let, let me tell you, you get sugar burning, yeah. it does not go out. That's one of the weirdest things from that. I, my memory. I was like, okay, I don't understand this. How does an ice cream factory burn? I mean, it's cold. There's a lot of ice cream in there. <laughs> not to make light of it, Fire but it's can't just... live inside of a freezer. If yeah. anything's not going to burn, you're thinking it's an ice cream factory. Yeah, I know. Well, even more ironically, somewhere out west recently, uh, a bottled water factory burnt down. <laughs> even okay. more ironic. Yeah, just just a little bit ironic on that one, but uh, but yeah, the uh, it was an ancient old building, and uh, my parents really uh, improved the facility and built uh, many times during their, you know, at that time thirty five ish years, and uh, some of the building codes of of the old uh, buildings were certainly not up to snuff to what they are today. Um, so yeah, it just. It, it took us totally off our feet, but uh, there you go. These well, you things know, happen. The one thing I remember about that is I remember actually going to the store and not even hearing about the fire um, and actually saw an advertisement in our grocery store uh, from your dad um, saying that there was a fire and that they were, you know, I guess you guys had a, a, a you know, a, a large supply of ice cream in storage or in inventory. Um, and you know, the first thing he said, the story that I heard was that within an hour or so, you know, he'd made a commitment that he was going to rebuild the plant and keep it in Markdale. And I guess you guys could have taken your insurance money and gone anywhere anywhere and done whatever you wanted to do, but there wasn't a, a, an eye bat or, you know, there was just conviction and commitment right up front from your, your family to make sure that you would rebuild the, the plant as you did. And the most important thing to me as a consumer is that you came back and said, listen, please be patient with us while we go through this. Yeah. And we're going to rebuild, and we really thank you for your patronage. And then, to me, that just said, you know what? Now, if I'm ever going to buy ice cream, I'm buying Chapman's. Chapman. <laughs> yeah, because you know yeah. I can really empathize with you know a family-run company, 100% dairy-owned for Canada, um, small you know family up against the biggies. And uh, where do I want to choose to put my tax window dollar? If I'm going to go that way, if I have a choice, I'm going to exercise my choice. And uh, and choose somebody who shares my belief system, which is your family. Exactly, and uh, I appreciate that. 
and yeah, it is it is all about where you want to spend your money. So the multinational corporations that we uh, we compete against, yes, you're 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 putting money into into their factories and into their business. And yes, they are employing Canadians in order to to produce their product. But at the end of the day, uh, the lion's share of their profits leaves the country. Yeah. Whereas all of ours stays right here in the community in Canada as a whole, and you know you're separate, you're you're supporting something that uh, that that has is of value to the entire country. You know. Yeah, absolutely, and that's you know that's the the consensus that I came up with as well. That you know after you know having the exposure, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't have remembered Chapman's ice cream other than my recruiting experience with your father. But you know things happen for a reason and a purpose and the strong people in life actually take those things. They come down with it and uh, they either step up or they step down and your family stepped up and chose to rebuild. And after we come back from the break, we'd like to talk a little bit more about that with Ashley Chapman from Chapman's Ice Cream. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio and Radio That Doesn't Suck.com. We'll be back right after this short break. It's Paul Capelcante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time. Your time's for The Vinyl Experience. to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio or talk-radio.ca. And uh, kind of a distressing topic for me, burning ice cream, because I, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I love ice cream. Unlike you, I'm not a salty guy, I'm more of a sweet guy. And, uh, and and when you hear about ice cream, but then there's the family business, which is just at the heart of the yeah. Story and I, and I think that's really the connection because you know we see businesses out there that are turning profits and that are you know making differences in society, and you see businesses that are actually you know really give a shit and they really care, and you know there's families out there that are family-run businesses that are now corporations, yeah. uh, and they take on a corporation slant and they lose the family side business. And, you know, obviously when I was in the recruiting industry, I saw a lot of this. And you could actually walk through the plants and really see the character of the management and the people and why the people are actually invested in working for this facility. Because, again, the people have a choice on where they want to go, not just working for a paycheck. And, you know, just before the break, we were talking to Ashley Chapman from Chapman's Ice Cream about the fire that destroyed the plant and how they rebuilt. And uh, now we're back from the break, actually. I'd like to ask you, why do you think the, the, the town of Markdale, which is relatively small? like It, it is small. Yeah, yeah. less than 2,000 people, I think. 1,400. Okay, so less than 2,000 people. And the population people. hasn't changed since I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's having children out that way? <laughs> well, a couple. Well, I, I want to know, why Why do people want to work for Chapman's Ice Cream? Well, it certainly helps that they we're, we're the, uh, the uh, biggest employer in the entire area. So anybody who wants to, you know, live in a rural, in this rural community, it, uh, it really makes a lot of sense. Um, we get a lot of our executives and uh, our um, upper-level management from from the city, and they've, they've pretty much, you know, gotten the point to say, uh, 
uh, a two and a half to three hour commute every day just isn't uh, isn't suiting the way I want to live my life. So certainly a lot of um, a lot of our executives have come from other big uh, big plants. And then we're just a, a big employer, and we have a pretty good reputation uh, in the area. So we like to promote from within. Uh, we like to take people from the beginning and move them up through the company. And it's, um, it's just the way we do things that I think attracts a lot of people to us. So after the, the fire in the rebuilding stage, uh, I think it was seven weeks from the time the last flame was extinguished that you guys actually produced your... You know, your first production run of ice cream again for seven weeks. Is that correct? Yes, it was. Uh, it was uh, unbelievable. We didn't. Uh, we didn't even at the beginning think that we were going to be able to do it so quickly. Um, but there's these things that happen after you have a tragedy, and you wonder afterwards. You know, it just seems a little bit too uh, convenient. Um, so I think it was the uh, the after the fire, which was on uh, the Friday of uh, of the long weekend. Um, uh, the first day we picked up the mail, so it was the next Tuesday or Wednesday, there happened to be a flyer in the mail, uh, ironically, a fire sale uh, for <laughs> a, a, a Florida ice cream company that uh, was two or three years old, and uh, they went bankrupt. So our VP of operations, Joe Jacobs, he um, hopped on a uh, plane with the checkbook and uh, went down and uh, uh, pretty much took everything that uh, that we would have any interest in whatsoever, and uh, that is the equipment in which we um, we we started the mini factory uh, seven weeks later. So, do you think that you know? I always say that when you know uh, a window closes, a door opens. Um, but do you think you actually would have been present or aware of that fire sale when you, when you get the mail? How did you guys not have that fire? Well, we get uh, we get a handful of these kind of things uh, every year, and 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 typically uh, my dad takes a look at them for about two seconds and throws them in the sh- shredding bucket. Yeah. Uh, but it just it just seemed everything everything kind of aligned as well as uh, uh, there's a big packaging and um, uh, ice cream equipment uh, show in Chicago every every few years. I'm the not Pack sure if it's every two years. Yeah, the Pack X. And so uh, my father called down to these these uh, these companies that he's been dealing with for for many years and said, uh, uh, by the way, all of your demo uh, floor stock, yeah, they're all mine. The checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he had to call in a few favors, but uh, we're not the the type of business that ever calls in a favor. And you know our need was was certainly significant at the time was there ever a moment in your family's psyche that thought for a second no let's like think of what's, what's not, next yeah of ice let's cream. move on let's do whatever we want to do but was there ever a second that it ever happened Yes, absolutely. It was about 1.5 seconds. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, we uh, we probably left uh, Markdale. My parents uh, live just outside of uh, Markdale, and uh, we probably left uh, to go out to the house around uh, 3:30, 4 o'clock, uh, when we pretty much given up that anything would be saved. And so uh, my mother, my father, and myself sat down in the kitchen and. Uh, you know, my parents turned to me and said, so uh, what What do you think? What should we do? And uh, we all came to uh, the split-second judgment of, yeah, we're 
we're going to rebuild. We, we have to. Now, was that an autopilot? How are we going to do with ourselves if we don't make ice cream? Yeah, but was that an autopilot response, or were you actually say, hey, somebody says, no, we're going to rebuild, and like, whoa, 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 not so fast. I think Hang on, let's some... think about this for a second. <laughs> we could be in Florida there. or something, yeah. You know, you're going to be in shock. You've just seen your business burn to the ground. Yeah, and think to yourself, you know, there's a lot of work ahead of us. Like, what are we going to do? And you've got a responsibility, and I, I want to say responsibility politely, but you've got a responsibility or an accountability for 350 or, you know, 700 people that, you know, Chapman's Ice Cream employs and also supports that part of the community and other ancillary you know, jobs on the side as yep. well, like contractors and whatnot. So, you know, you're really, you're thrown under the bus for this because, you know, 700 people d- depend on you guys. Yeah, exactly. And uh, pretty much all I can chalk it up to is uh, apparently there's a, a family genetic trait of stubbornness. <laughs> With English, that's <laughs> funny. Well, it obviously that's didn't odd. touch me. You know, I'm perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, you're but, Canadian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, really, it, it really came down to uh, uh, did we want to give up? And uh, no matter what it is uh, that as as a family we do, we I, I can't remember us ever giving up on anything. Well, you know what? Like, well done for you guys because that would have like paralyzed a lot of a lot of I'd say a lot of people would have just been absolutely buckled by that. And said, hey, listen, this is, you know, the world showing me that I shouldn't be in the ice cream business. I just spent, you know, 37 years working at this and it's up in smoke right now. And too many things happened perfectly to take this factory away from us. And now we're just going to, you know, move on to the next part of our lives. And that being said, you guys did. You guys rebuilt and it's, you know, like like a, a, a quantum leap bigger than what it was before. So what's next for Chapman's Ice Cream? Well, uh, we're actually still doing, uh, uh, well, when we planned out our new factory, uh, it turned into two factories. And uh, I remember my father saying uh, about halfway through, Ashley, this is perfect. You're not going to have to build a single thing for another 10, 15 years. (laughs) And then as soon as we got the facility built, we started another expansion, started upgrading facilities and building different things. And and we really haven't stopped building since 2009. And it's really odd that there's that much of a market for this product called ice cream. I know, I know. I, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> I really am. So you got some products coming out right now that you want to talk about as well. Yeah, we have uh, two new products. Uh, the one is uh, what we call our sport lolly. It's um, it's uh, naturally colored, naturally flavored. Uh, it's enhanced with electrolytes. It's oh, peanut wow. free. It's gluten free. Um, essentially, how, how that product came into uh, being was uh, just a uh, random comment from a woman uh, who's a, um, a uh, girls' hockey coach. And uh, she said, you know what, it would be absolutely great if we could get some sort of frozen Gatorade, Powerade, some kind of elect- electrolyte uh, product. Uh, because what she was experiencing with, uh, especially teaching, uh, uh, coaching uh, younger girls, is that they get uh, exhausted and dehydrated, and they they chug back Gatorade, uh, a liter of it, and before you know it, they're they're throwing up on the ice. So mm-hmm. her idea was, you know, if you give them something cold, it helps bring down their uh, body temperature. Uh, if they eat it too fast, they're going to get a brain freeze, so they'll stay away from that. And uh, yeah, we thought, hey, you know, that's that's a great idea. Let's give it a shot. So that product, uh, we have four flavors. 
there's uh, grape, uh, lemon lime, uh, orange, and uh, wild berry. And uh, they're really, whether you're playing a sport or not, you know, if your kids are going to be out running around in the sweltering heat in the summer, it's it's good product to give them to uh, make sure they stay hydrated and make sure they stay safe. And the other thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, you know, I can't walk from me to you to you without stepping on somebody who is a celiac. You know, it seems yeah. like gluten-free these days are, you know, are the, is, a, is a growing trend. I'm not going to say trend because it's not a trend, but more of a, a awareness for it. And, uh, and you guys came up with a gluten-free ice cream. Yes. Well, actually, it started in 95, um, and my mother had uh, received a letter from... Um, uh, from a child, uh, seven or eight years old, saying how uh, he had this severe peanut allergy and he never had uh, cake and ice cream before, and uh, essentially it just broke my my mother's heart. You know, for uh, a mother of two, uh, she her whole experience with my sister and I, and just just the concept of a kid who's seven or eight years old and has never had ice cream—it's just wrong. So at that point, uh, mom and dad decided, you know, let's let's make uh, our original line of uh, two-liter ice cream uh, peanut-free and nut-free. So they did that first, and about five years later, um, really around 2000, uh, a lot more literature studies were coming about how um, uh, gluten allergies, sensitivities, celiac disease was on the rise, almost to the epidemic levels. And so at that point, we had uh, two flavors uh, in the line that had gluten. So we eliminated those two flavors, and uh, um, we started not just uh, testing every batch for peanut and nut, but uh, gluten. And we gained a lot of loyal customers from that. And how's that market been expanded for you over the last few years? Well, you know, people thought we were insane with the whole peanut allergy thing in 1995, but, uh, you know, here we are 18 years later, and... The amount of people that are allergic to this stuff is is, is overwhelming, and it's not just it's not just families who have uh, children with these allergies. They could they could have children who have no allergies, but chances are, one kid in that class of 25 has got a peanut or a nut allergy, and they might be coming over to your house after school or yeah. on the weekends, and you know parents are really safety-minded these days with allergies. So we have families who have no peanut, nut, or gluten allergies, and yet they only buy that product from us so they have a safe um, area for these kids to come. So um, just before we close up, we've got a couple of minutes just before we finish, but um, I want to ask where we find out more information about you, where where can we uh, get your product, uh, what are you guys up to for the summertime, and just kind of give you a, you know, a plug on... Uh, where to find you? Well, the best is uh, certainly to find out information about our, our products, uh, our website. It's at uh, www.chapmans.ca. Um, we have absolutely everything in there you could imagine from um, uh, recipe ideas to make things to nutritional information to all of our products. We have a flavor finder, a store locator where you can type in where you are. Uh, we've got a mobile site as well. Or you can like us on Facebook. Um, we have a very active social media page, and we're always updating uh, our fans on the page with what's going on and what to look out for. So those are the, the, the two main sources. If you want to know something about Chapman's, go to the website or the Facebook page, and, uh, and you'll, you'll be able to find out anything you could possibly want from us.
Well, Ashley, I just want to thank you for taking the time out today to talk to us about this. And um, I want you to, to please convey my sentiments to your dad and to your mother for actually, you know, being the strong individuals that they are in their community, that they were uh, hit in the face with a shovel when uh, opportunities showed up in front of them and they didn't back down. And that just shows exactly what type of character that they're made out of. And uh, I just really want to take the time to acknowledge your family for the uh, the community work that you guys do in Markdale and uh, for, you know, your ice cream product across Canada and for everything that you guys do. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's nice to know that uh, some people uh, care about these kind of things, for sure. Well, I think it's just a human interest story, and I think you know, when you start you know, listening and caring about people, uh, opportunities like this pop open, and you know, I was in the grocery store the other day, and I thought to myself, you know what, let's, let's give them a call. And let's get them Absolutely. on the show. Absolutely. I'm glad you I'm glad you did. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Ashley. We really appreciate you having the show, and uh, we wish you all the best in the future. Thanks a lot, guys. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Annoying. Frustrating. Of course, you're referring to me. Some days. Enlightening. Engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. <laughs> Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 here on talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. 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 Mojo! Yeah, we stole that. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. I have a hankering for ice cream. <laughs> you know, actually, you're should, out of the door. I'm running upstairs and grabbing some ice cream. I was going to say to him, like, why don't you donate some product to the cause? But then how would it get here? You know, <laughs> yeah, the soft serve no, just no. melts in your hands. You know, right? I think I think on my annual trip past, I'm going to stop in and say hi. And I don't even know. I didn't. I didn't mean. To, I meant to ask him. Does, do they have a store there? Yeah, I've yeah, never I seen a store there where you could stop by and get a cone. Yeah, I actually never even thought about that. But, but you know, one thing I, I, I think to myself is even coming to the studio today. Um, I got this pinched nerve in the back of my neck, and I thought to myself, oh, life is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then I think, you know, my guest today, <laughs> like, watched 37 years of their factory go up in flames, and I thought to myself, you know what, I probably won't remember this from this show to next week's show that I had a pinched nerve in my neck, and I didn't sleep as well as I should have, you know, the night before, and I'm not quite feeling as fresh. And, you know, to all the listeners out there, you know, there's a great story out there. Uh, from our show today that, you know, we're all going to hit brick walls in our life. And it's not the matter of if or when. It's just going to be like you're going to hit them. And it just comes down to, you know, the view and uh, the perspective that you have in the moment of what opens up past that brick wall. And uh, certainly the Chapmans are a great, you know, story about that, about rebuilding and uh, an accountability towards their their community, which is really it, inspiring to me. It really all comes down to mission. What is your mission? And yeah. their mission is to deliver that particular product to people that enjoy it. And, you know, truth be told, if they didn't rebuild, we'd have a lot fewer options around here. Yeah, especially being Canadian-owned. And, you know, 100% of their, their dairy is, is Canadian-owned and operated. And to me, like I said, when I have a choice of where I'm going to put my dollar, I'm going to actually choose where I think it makes the most difference for people in, uh, in Canada. Well, join us right back here next Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio for another exciting episode of Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. Catch you next week. 
Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radio that doesn't suck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155. 